Why, hello there. Howdy, ma'am. What are you doing in my swamp? I don't quite remember the rest of this quotation here, so I don't know how to continue this, ma'am. I ain't no ma'am. I'm an ogre. I'm curious as to how far you plan on taking this ogre. I ain't backing down, mister. Who you calling mister? Onion. Onion? I prefer to think of myself as a yoga <laughs> You can't be Shrek and Donkey. Can and I will. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Like Ogres. We're not doing this again. Why? No. We like Ogres. stuff. No. We like stuff, stuff and, and so stuff. should you. The huh? show where we talk about ogres. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm Brenny. I'm Ogre Alyssa. And, uh, welcome. We are broadcasting through the facilities of Trent Radio. This is not a time for a bit, is it? Because this is supposed to be proper. I'm not saying a bit. I'm saying, yeah, I, no, no. I'm saying I shouldn't. No. Okay. 92.7 C-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-F-
I absolutely did not say it was normal. Craig, get up! That's, that's not even dabbing. Bop it! <laughs> I know you're not that tired. There's been, ep- there's been episodes where you've been really tired, yeah. and it's very clear. Yeah. I know you're not this tired. Well, I'm tired enough for poo brain. <laughs> <laughs> Have we ever talked about poo brain? I don't know. One day we'll go back to Adventure Time. One day. One day we will. Indeed. Oh, I got I got the episodes on my computer, so we should watch the uh, HBO version or uh, episodes. Oh, nice! I accidentally uh, like mostly read the synopsis for the one with uh, Finn Marceline? and no, oh, okay. the one with Finn and Jake. Uh, it's very sad. No. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they all kinda are. I don't know if uh, Bimo's is actually sad because Bimo is very cute. Uh, it well, might it might be secretly because Bimo yeah. has always been secretly sad, uh, like the B- Bimo sad, but Bimo doesn't know it, yeah. kind of thing. Everyone else knows it. Yeah. Oh no. What? Now I'm sad. Well, what's your little what's like? It about little Bimo. Um, my little like is still thinking about it, eh? No, I got it. It's right here on the tip top of my dome. This here dome. I got it. My little like easy peasy lemon squeezy is Melissa, the little one is supposed to be like, what's something that like possibly happened today that made you happy? I know. And I keep thinking about it, Brendan. And you know what happens? I keep thinking about it and I'm like, that's not good enough. What does that mean? I don't know. Okay. My brain's not good sometimes. Imposter syndrome over here. (laughs) 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 What was that? Sound supposed to be? I don't know. Okay, I thought it, I thought you were actually like referencing something. No, I guess my little like for today will be that I got to have my lunch outside. Oh, nice! It was Wasn't it really day. cold? Yeah, it was, and I did not prepare. Gotcha. Not wear my coat, but I sat in the sun, and it was not bad. Oh, good. And I only ate my yogurt out there. So, I, I didn't, that was it. So, I wasn't oh, that's, there for too long. That's fair. Uh, did you see anything cool outside, or was it just nice and relaxing? What is your outside experience? What makes outside good for you? Uh, it was like nice, sunny, cool breeze, looking at the sky. Uh-huh. There wasn't really anything good to look at, really. Okay. So, it wasn't really that exciting other than it was a nice change of pace from sitting in the classroom by myself all day. Gotcha, yeah, that's fair. Do you normally sit and, uh, like, just sit at your desk and just turn off the computer and eat? I don't turn it off. No, I but usually like, do work. Gotcha. So you don't really have a break? No. Gotcha. It's good, to, it's good that you've done that. Yeah. I mean, I do take breaks. I go for like a little stroll around the school every once in a while. Like outside or inside? Inside. It's That's big fair. in there. No, no, I'm sure it is. It looks, it looks pretty massive. Is it a, is it a three-story school? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. 
I would hate as a child to be on the third story. Yeah, especially because there's like no, like, like really good air conditioning around. I would think if there is air conditioning. What? It's old. I thought that school was like new. It's oh my gosh. Man. Oh, it's is so it? Old. Oh, is it? Did it used to be like an army thing? No, it's besides there. Oh, okay, okay. I have no idea. I don't know. I just know that that building's there. It's a really old building, but it's, like, beautiful inside. Like, you walk in, and, like, the hallway is so wide, and it's all, like, wood. It's oh. wonderful. Well, yeah, no, because even from the outside, you could tell it looks really nice. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was an old building, though. Yeah. So I just assumed that everything was, like, tip-top and, uh, no, like, nice. A-plus. It's pretty A plus, but it's uh, pretty old still. Um, well, yeah, I usually go on my daily snack route, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's it. I suppose my uh, my little like would be. I think I've talked about this before, but getting a deal on food because uh, we've typically gotten uh i guess to be completely clear for anybody who cares um there is no way shape or form that we've ever been sponsored by anything but uh (laughs) what does that mean uh but if you uh if you're ever on lansdowne or parkway the pizza factory uh is real good and melissa introduced me to the pizza factory like I think the year that we started dating or possibly beforehand or something. And um, we got a Panzerati there once. The first time we went, we got a Panzerati and it was like, oh boy, this Panzerati can feed both of us. Uh, and then they have the most garlic seed uh, salad in the entire world that I've ever had so far. Uh, and it's real good. And the Panzerati is like 17 bucks. So I was looking at their menu and I was like, well, they have a deal here. Lasagna for two with garlic bread. Also for $17. So I was like, there's no way that that's going to be like huge or anything. Brendan's like, I'm eating for two tonight. Well, apparently I'm eating for four because. One of those is lasagna for two? Well, it is big enough. No, no, no. Like, so. There's two things of lasagna, mm-hmm. and I ate through a little bit more than half of one. So this is going to be breakfast for tomorrow, and there's still a, a full lasagna ready to go. That will probably split tomorrow. Like, I'll have it for dinner before I go to work. It's a whole, like... The... I'll feed it to Momo. What, and, like, I know the Panzerati's, the Panzerati's worth it, but it's, like... For eighteen dollars plus tax, slap on another five if you're in Peterborough to have them drive it to you if you're not too far. Like, I, I would, I'll, I'll live off of this twenty bucks to feed me for three days. It's not a good deal it's, for takeout. For takeout, yeah, it's not. It's not like it's not a good deal in like in any capacity if you go get groceries. But like, yeah, yeah, twenty bucks, possibly four days if I only eat one and a half times a day. <laughs> don't pret- uh, I guess you've always had a little bit more luxury than me um, but uh, yeah I've experienced rationing uh, certain foods 
It's not, it's not like I've been a starving thing. I will never claim that. Mm-hmm. But, uh... No, but... Making sure food lasts? Yeah. But I was just saying, like, in our situation right now, you shouldn't have 1.5 meals a day. You should have three meals a day. You That's should... why I thought it was funny. <laughs> I mean, realistically, you because should Because just... I was like, you're not going to have 1.5 meals a day in our home. With our boys as witness. Well, They're not going to look at you starving. <laughs> skin and bones. I don't think I could be skin and bones for, like, a while. It's fine. Well... Don't become like Arthur. No, he's not skin and bones. You're right. He's all feet. <laughs> not in like a not in like a Lovecraftian way. He's just got big feet and they always they've been have a problem. <laughs> That's all I mean. They're always in his way. I'm not not he's not made out of feet. That's Why what it sounded like. No. He has a lot of fur, who knows what's under it? <sighs> It's just a bunch of toes under there. No. <laughs> Not like this. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't remember who went first last. I think it was... You. Me. So I should I should go first this time. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, we... I don't, I don't Are think... Are you talking about Shenmue? No. Okay. I just need to get that off my chest. That's fair. I understand. So, I think it was like the third or fourth episode that we did. It was the episode that we recorded very poorly uh, in your cottage. cottage. Yeah. Where I talked about tea, you talked about Gallivant and Hamilton. Man, I'm doing this from memory. Uh, Killing it. (laughs) And then the other other topic I talked about was Kirby. Um... How Kirby, I, I basically joked, Kirby's basically a god. Um, I talked about how he was the only one, or I guess they, he's, they're pretty genderless. Uh, they're the only one who survived the, uh, the like, happening of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, they are the character, if you play the story mode, that you kind of have to start out with, and then you start collecting them, because he's, they're just the best. Uh, and I mentioned that Kirby is shaped like a friend. Uh, I, I still haven't found that uh, if that was a real quote from the creator or not. However, um, I did, in watching some other videos about Kirby, some uh, a few other people exactly said that. So it's... It's, it's, it's also self-explanatory. You just look at Kirby. You're and just you're like, like yeah, he's a little yeah. dude. It's his birthday. Yeah. Shape of a friend if I ever seen a friend. Yeah. If I needed a friend, I think I would definitely call... Kirby second. What do you mean? What? Well, I would call Kirby... Like, Who would you call first? Wode. Oh, okay. <laughs> I see. So, uh, through recent... That's it? Yeah, <laughs> what do you want? We had... 20 minutes of an episode where you made a whole entire game in universe featuring Wode. The next episode we did after that had so many Wode elements in there. So you're not going to ask me about Wode again? Well, I'm not going to ask you about Wode. If you want to talk about Wode, you can do it on your time. This is my time. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Kirby, 
I, uh, I've been, I've been learning more about Kirby recently. Uh, I can't remember why. I don't remember what prompted me to kind of look up, uh, Kirby games and things like that, but, uh... you were playing that one. Well, no, I, I, I watched something, and then I was like, oh, I should go back and play Kirby. So there was something that triggered that. Um... Uh, you know what? It's probably because you needed a friend. <laughs> and subconsciously you're like... That's the shape that I need. <laughs> a little round sun for me. So, I'm trying to figure out which game it was. Anyways, so there was a point in the Kirby games, there's no real lore. Effectively, the games um, have always been like, Kirby's hanging out with a bunch of cute friends, uh, he's eating some cake, the cake gets disturbed, he looks up, there's a god monstrosity that's invading pop star the planet that he lives on and he's like well i want to live here so pop star yeah it's shaped like a it's shaped like a the star that he typically rides and then he like swallows up and eats and spits out pop star he's a pop star yeah that's great mini pop kids <laughs> uh so that's typically like the the general gist of kirby there's no real storyline it's just like things happening He's, uh, they're trying to have a good time. Something's about to ruin their good time. And they're just like, well, I live here. So I want to kind of... What? I just going to say he's got a large hole. But... What? Just gaping. <sighs> just let me get through this. <laughs> That's okay. I was talking about his mouth. I know you were. Okay. Uh, and uh, there was... Uh, at some point in time, uh, there was somebody that kind of took over the direction of uh, the Kirby games. And I'm trying to find out exactly who it was, because it, it was 2002, director, director, director. So it's Return to Dreamland. So the director, I believe it was uh, Shinya Kumazaki. Uh, started directing the Kirby games back in 2002. Oh, sorry, not 2002, uh, back in 2008. Um, and one of the bigger games, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that was uh, kind of uh, integral to starting a, I guess, story was uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland. Um, the bad guys in Kirby's have kind of always been like weird eldritch-like creatures. Um, I believe in the first Kirby game, uh, Kirby's Dreamland for, uh, in 1992, um, the, uh, the, the bad guy was, ended up being like this kind of upside-down teardrop-shaped uh, white being uh, with angel-like wings and a single eye in the middle. And it was just shooting like lasers at you. It was awful. Uh, and like, that's kind of been the, the general bad guys, different forms of that. Um, Shape of an enemy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's really good. Uh, and it's just terrifying. Uh, so, like, you're playing through these very cutesy games, and, like, this nightmare comes up, and it's like, well, I guess I'm just doing it. And Kirby, like, everybody's terrified in, in most of these games, and Kirby just looks at the thing, and it's just like, well, somebody's got to do something, so let's go. Uh, and then they started to kind of introduce more story elements 
which, which seemed to link all of these kind of eldritch monsters because uh, they seemed to be connected. Uh, and then um, in a few of the later games, it seemed like there was kind of a void type monster. Um, uh, if you uh, in, in some of the later games, there's a character called Gooey. Uh, he's he's basically like a miniature Kirby. Um, oh yeah, the goofy guy. Yeah, he's blue. Uh, there's basically so there there is Gabble. a <laughs> uh, the Gabagoo. Gabagoo. <laughs> okay, I, you you started with the Office reference. I continued it, and you were like, "I'm not doing the Office. I'm doing whatever I want." <laughs> Doing Parks and Rec. Was that uh Parks and Rec. So full 180 on you. Okay. Alright. Remember? He says Bubba Boy. That's why I said it. Bubble Boy? No, he goes Bubba Boy. Who? <laughs> Adam Scott. Oh, okay. I figured it was him. That's that seems like the only that seems like a thing. Yeah. Uh, anyways. So uh Gooey is this little creature, um, and when you play as him, or when he's like kind of around, uh, even the way he flies is a little different. He kind of flies with these like orange orbs surrounding his body, and the main boss of that game, he looks like a he looks like a like a spaceship. They're kind of just like propelling him. The main boss of the game where Gooey is in um, is like an evil version of Gooey. So Gooey. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so, so it turns out that uh, like Gooey is um, is basically like an offshoot of that void entity. It just kind of separated, and without I guess the like without the central brain or whatever is influencing the void, it was just like, all right, who's that? And then it just became Gooey. It was like Kirby seems cool. Let's hang out. And that's just, that was Gooey. Uh, it's just really cool. Kirby just has that influence. Gooey? Yeah. What a guy. Um, he and, was a void spawn, and now he's a friend. Yeah. It's just great. It's just great. There's, um... There's, like... There's no real coherence in the first, like, ten games. Just because there's all sorts of different games. Um, they're all very simple. Uh, fast forward to 2002. What, no, no, no. 2000... Uh, what was it? 2011. Kirby's Return to Dreamland. It was for the Wii. It was kind of like the first introduction to um, proper coherent story. Because, um, like I said, most of the time, things are just happening. Uh, we got characters like King DDD, Kind of like an anti-hero. He's mm. just kind of greedy. Uh, and gluttonous. He's a penguin. Yeah, he's like a penguin eagle thing. He's a penguin. We settled this before. He looks like an eagle, though. Sorry. I thought he looked like a penguin. I, I, Wait. No, no, no. Okay, what is he for real, though? I'm pretty sure he's nondescript. Okay. Um, he's just King DDD. Yeah. He's the shape of a DD. <laughs> he, uh, so yeah, King DDD, King, he, like, owns some land on Popstar. He always gets it in a tiff with uh, Kirby. Uh, he's easily corruptible. Species uh, bird. <laughs> <laughs> Super easily corruptible. Usually he becomes like a, a villain in, in some capacity, but it's never really like him. Um, and even when DDD kind of uh, 
uh, likely a penguin. I gotcha. Uh, even when he kind of had negative intentions, uh, and Kirby kind of beats the sense in, back into him and maybe the evil entity out of him, uh, Kirby's like, "Hey, are you good? Let's let's go. Let's go have some She's food." Like no. <laughs> Um, so there's King Dedede, there's Meta Knight, uh, who is a part of like a, stop looking up hard. That is the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> okay. Um, so Meta Knight is just like a, this warrior dude. Uh, he's all mysterious. Every time you've ever had to fight Meta Knight, um, he's very honorable and it's very cool because he, if you don't have a power he will throw a sword at you uh, and he'll stick it in the ground and he will wait for you to either pick up the sword or like spit it away to initiate the fight, which is very cool. Um, they've, they basically tied a bandana to one of the enemies. The, there's enemies called Waddlebees. Uh, they're, they're the, like the orange, orangey, like the brown orange to white orange creatures that kind of just like wander around and throw spears and stuff. Of course they waddle. Yeah. They tied a bandana to one of them and then they were like, you're her friend? Yeah, I guess that's a character now. So there's just Waddle now. Which is great. What? Yeah. They just gave him a bandana and he's like part of the crew? Yeah. Why? Yeah, he's right there. He's on the cover. Bottom left. Oh, yeah. Why don't they just give everyone a bandana? Well, it's just, it's like, there's, I don't know. They, they, whatever. Why can't Kirby go around giving everyone a bandana and then everyone's friends? He doesn't have to suck them up. <laughs> So in his vacuous void, his 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 black hole entity. Yeah. So the plot of Return to Dreamland: One day, a strange spaceship called the Lore Star Cutter suddenly flies out of a wormhole and crashes onto Kirby's home planet of Popstar. As Kirby, Meta Knight, King Dedede, and Waddle Dee go to investigate, they meet an alien named Magalore, who discovers that the five vital pieces of his ship along with 120 energy spheres have been scattered across the planet. Classic. Classic. With Magalore offering them a trip to his homeworld of Halcandra, should they help fix the ship, Kirby and his friends set off to recover lost pieces. Don't trust that. After recovering the main pieces, they travel to Halcandra, where they are attacked by a four-headed dragon named Landia. Magalore claims Landia is an evil beast that has taken over Halcandra and sends Kirby to defeat it. However, after Landia is defeated, Mangalore reveals his true motive was to steal the Master Crown on the head of the dragon and become all-powerful with the intent on making the entire universe bow before him, beginning with Popstar. Teaming up with Landia, who is revealed to be four individual dragons, cute, Kirby and his friends confront Mangalore in a final battle and manage to destroy the Master Crown, taking Mangalore with it. With peace restored to the universe, they return to Popstar, where Landia, while Landia dragons take the Star Cutter home. Um, so that game, they introduced the crown. Can so, I see what the dragons look like? Uh, I'll see if I can find a picture. There's no picture here. Um, but yeah, that's the, uh, that's the, that's, they introduced the crown, and Mangalore, in more detail, kind of talks about these ancients, these ancients that built this crown. Um, and actually, in a previous game, there was a plot line where, um, somebody was trying to kind of rebuild this it looked like a clock like the gears of a clock with like an old tiny face um that was the size of a planet and apparently it would grant a wish also made by these ancients so there so we have we start out, we have the beginnings of this ancient race that made all this technology or made all these whatever things and that's kind of like the uh the beginnings of all this nonsense 
So it's Mass Effect. Kind of, yeah. Maybe without the subjugation of an entire alien race to um, um, a sentient uh, AI. But yes, okay. there was a there was a people before. Uh, they were scientists, architects. Uh, they uh, they discovered uh, basic. They basically discovered dark matter, uh, which is that void that I was kind of talking about uh, before. That's kind of been always the bad guy that kind of just shows up. Um, they uh, they made all these uh, technologies and they kind of like bailed. I don't really remember what happened to them. I'm not going to read, like, verbatim this whole thing that I found. Um, and throughout the kind of more recent games, uh, there was Kirby Planet Robobot. Um, there, that game was all about um, uh, this... Basically, this, com the, this company that uh, was turning or converting planets into raw material to basically roboticize everything. Um... And when you get down to the nitty-gritty, the bad guy, which is the CEO of the company, uh, started doing this because he wanted his daughter back. Uh, and it, yeah, it's a whole nightmare of a story where he started off with that goal, uh, but he kind of kind of like became corrupted in and of himself and lost that drive and just was like, no, I guess I'm taking over planets. Daughter's in the back of the burner. And like, there's so much sadness that happens in these like uh, worlds. Uh, and it's just absolutely bonkers. Um, and the one thing that I learned, so the most recent game uh, is Kirby Star Allies. And in that game, a lot of lore is kind of just told in the uh, in the pause menus. So if you if you pause the game while you're a certain ability or a specific character, because you can play all the different characters throughout the, the whole mm -hmm. series, they'll tell you a little bit about each character. And, uh, like, it, it, you can be, like, one of the bad guys that was kind of helping, like, pseudo-helping you out to find a robobot. It'll tell you more about her. Because, you're, you're, like, the, the robot that was helping you is basically the man's daughter. Uh, but as a robot, he wanted to, like, get her soul back or some nonsense. This whole thing. Um, you can play as Magalore in the game, in Star Allies. He, uh, the description is like, yeah, Magalore did a lot of bad stuff. And uh, he kind of learned his lesson. And he's still on the hunt for power. But uh, he, he does want to help Kirby. So he's not going to do he's not going to do it in the bad way. And it was it's just like a really cute. And everybody kind of has their whole reasons. Um, so in the Kirby game... Um, Kirby, uh, the video game Kirby and, uh, and even the Yoshi games, very, very easy to begin with, but if you want to do everything in the game, if you want to 100% it, it's one of the most difficult games I've ever played, uh, which is always funny, because even in the beginning of me talking about Kirby, like, a couple episodes ago, um, Kirby's super easy, always has been, and then all of a sudden it just, I forgot that, like, oh yeah, these are really difficult if you're trying to, like, get the last, um, the last kind of uh, percentages. Um, if you play on the hardest, hardest, hardest mode <clears throat> all the way through and you collect all the things you're supposed to collect, um, the final boss, which was originally like this big, monstrous, like void heart, like it, it looked like this big hulking guy with like a Majora's mask kind of mask on, um, less features, but kind of that. 
you you bust open this guy, you go into like their body basically, and you fight the Void Soul. Um, and then you fight it, you beat it, it's great. You, uh, when you, and that's like on normal, when you beat it on the harder difficulties, um, more description comes out of it if you go into the pause menu, because it it'll tell you about the bosses you're fighting too. And in the hardest mode, it basically describes that this void that you are fighting is the, um, basically the embodiment of, like, I guess, godly energy. Um, and it becomes rampant and violent and corrupted if the energy is surrounded by negative emotions. And when you're fighting it, even though it looks very disjointed and like it has two eyes and a mouth and it's all scary, and when you're beating it near the end, it goes back to that just single eye in, in, in the middle, kind of like in reference to the original games that I kind of mentioned before. Um, but when it has two eyes and a mouth, it looks like Kirby. And then the connection, therefore means, or ha kind of has been more um, um, heavily theorized, but absolutely uh, has connections, is that Kirby is the manifestation of the void when surrounded by positive energy. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a lot that I skipped because there's no way, like, I have all, I have all, so much information in my head, but I haven't, like, strung it coherently. And I was just really excited to talk about Kirby and the fact that there is actual lore now. Um, and, like, we don't really prepare for this show in, like, a very hard-cutting way, but it was very important to me to kind of describe this. Uh, it's basically confirmed that Kirby is a god. Kirby is what happens when the like the insurmountable power of the universe uh, kind of coalesces around positive energy. Um, and this void, uh, most of the enemies that you fight are just what happens when that energy coalesces around negative energy or more neutral energy, and then kind of yeah, it's it's very it's it's. Kirby is such a really weird and wild concept. It started off so pleasantly because there was clearly no real, um, there was no real inkling that this is the way they wanted to go. But with that uh, director, because the what was his name, uh, uh, Shinya Kumazaki. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he's been doing the Kirby games. He's doing the current ones too. Uh, he's kind of directed that story. And it's just, it's just so fascinating to me that that's, that that's basically what Kirby is. Um, well, makes sense. Yeah, so just in, in, in a small kind of, uh, uh, what is it? In a small kind of uh, summation of Kirby. Kirby is a small pink spherical creature with red feet, stubby flap-like arms, and pink cheek blushes. He is referred to as male in the animated series and described as a young boy in the instruction manual for the original game. His body is soft and flexible, allowing him to stretch his mouth and inhale fully or inflate himself with air and float. Uh, yeah, da, 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 da. And it's just like, he's he's so unassuming, but like it, 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 it kind of gives credence to like every time you beat one of these like eldritch horror bosses, it's just like it, it, it makes it so much more emotional that, like, I'm sorry that this is what you've become, and I've 
I've come to make sure you don't experience what you're experiencing anymore. And whether Kirby knows or understands that that's what he's doing, I, I really don't believe that Kirby understands that's kind of what he's combating. That's what's happening. And it's very, it's just very stressful to kind of think about. And it's very, it's, it's very overwhelming. And it's just like a really good, um, a really good like backstory or, or sorry, a background story. Because you don't really, like, you don't, I didn't know, I didn't even know there was plot in the pause menu either. I saw it in a video that I was watching. And somebody was like, yeah, this is one of the best stories ever told that you'll never be told and most people don't know about because it's in the pause menu. And then I started pausing when I was playing Kirby again. And I was like, what? What's going on? I started reading about the robot girl. And I was like, this is so sad. What's happening? Um, Why did they do that? It, it, I don't know. It, it, and it doesn't seem like out of place. Because uh, if you play the games without knowing any of that backstory, and you can just play them front to back, it's like, yeah, sometimes bad things happen, and you're just trying to do your best, and Kirby's the embodiment of that. Uh, but it, it, the, those like backstories that if you actually take the time to read into, it's very much, it fleshes out those characters in a very human way rather than being like a, a, a facade of like, this is evil, this is sadness. It's like, no, these were real people. And sometimes bad things happen when you try to do good. And sometimes you're doing the wrong thing to get the right result. And that that has worse consequences because you're going about it the wrong way. It's just, it's just, it's just so intriguing to me. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of videos that I looked up about Kirby lore. I don't, enjoy most of the people that were talking about it uh and i know that's very a very particular thing hopefully you enjoy talking about this uh the random uh, audience member because listening about it yeah right now yeah because because they're not talking about it you are yeah so they're hopefully listening to you yeah and i know it wasn't like super coherent in terms of uh i uh, thought you did better than usual yeah well it it, it I didn't follow like a linear fashion of like game to game, mm -hmm. but just in general, I know I feel like I did a pretty all right job. Yeah. Um, if you look up Kirby videos about the lore, you will find lots of good information. I apologize if the videos you find are are not satisfactory to just watch in general, because um, the how it goes with YouTube personalities or personas, sometimes they're just uh, unpalpable. And it's just, I just, it's, it's just sometimes sickening to watch or listen to, but it's like, I do want to know about this and this person put in the work. So I'm going to, I'm going to like their video and I'm going to watch it, even though I don't like them as like their mm. YouTube entity. What are you looking at? I just wanted to see a picture of Kirby Brennan. And you know what? Some people should be stalked. <laughs> For art? Yeah. Oh, here, here. Uh, just, just as a final thing, I know I've talked for far too long. I apologize. Um, Void is a celestial and mysterious being that is described in numerous books, namely the. <laughs> uh, if you ever give Kirby a human face and feet, but don't change the body, that's what Melissa just showed me. Uh, yikes! This is incredible. Uh, Void is omnipresent. And he, uh, as he exists in all dimensions in different forms, according to the Book of Legend, uh, depending on the energy gathered, Void can be brought into existence in a variety of forms. 
One such form is Void Termina, which is the boss in uh, Kirby Star Allies, uh, which was reincarnated from darkness at negative energy. And the Japanese version of Void Termina's second phase, um, their description, it is implied that Void was created from a combination of all chaos and possibilities. Uh, dream, dark, soul, and heart. In a substance of sorts. So that's what Void is, that boss. It is stated that it, that it was born uh, as progenitor of origination, seeing a radiant form of uh, uh, that uh, seeing a radiant form of uh, theirs that resembled a star. The ancients, people of the past, who made legendary treasures and pieces of technology, transcribed uh, its mysteries into the aforementioned books. Uh, and it's it's just there's so much lore that's just hidden away in pause menus. I'm so I'm so that's like wild. Uh, in the present time, um, I'm just gonna start saying names, and it's totally okay if you're not following me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Highness, uh, which is just one of the like the minor bosses. It's it's the main boss, and then you beat him, and then you're like, what? There's more. What's void? Um, has founded the Jambastian religion, which worships. Uh, they're called Jamba Hearts. It's very funny and cute. Um, which worships Void and considers him to be a god. He founded the religion based on a vision he had in which a god was speaking to him, inviting him to a new peaceful land. He believed that Void was his very god due to his vision matching uh, with the Book of Legends writings about Void. But the very same gem heart was used to seal, uh, that was used, uh, the, sorry, that was sealed by four heroes was somehow obtained by this Jambastian religion, as it was the vessel for Void uh, that uh, it would descend from. Uh, as told in the Book of Legends, and Highness wanted to resurrect Void as Void Termina by breaking the seal on the vessel so he could use the power to restore his land. However, after Highness became obsessed with worshipping him and taking revenge, I guess for his clan being destroyed, uh, his goal changed to use Void Termina's power to destroy the universe, to avenge his clan. It's and, and like I played Star Kirby Star Allies, I beat Tynus, and she basically had his three daughters that embodied fire, lightning, and ice, and they were basically indoctrinated. They're not evil. They just were like, well, we have to help Tynus. We have to help basically our dad. And they don't know what's going on, and he believes that he's doing the right thing. Like it's it's. it's Kur <laughs> My Valentino White fan <laughs> It's just so much. And I'm so impressed. I, I really... You don't need to know anything to play a Kirby game. And I want to make that clear. I want everybody to please play, go play Kirby games. It's so worth it. I still have uh, Kirby uh, Return to Dreamland uh, on the Wii. I have... The, there's like a, like a 20th anniversary collection of Kirby games that uh, is like basically from the beginning all the way to 2000. Uh, like 10 or something of Kirby games. You can also get that on the Wii. Hopefully it's not like too expensive now. There's lots of Kirby games that you can play on the Switch like through the NES thing and uh, the like virtual console and whatnot. There's a new Kirby game coming out next year. Hopefully it doesn't get delayed. Everybody should play Kirby. Kirby is such a good game. And there's they made Kirby games that are sometimes free and just multiplayer and they're not like extensive or good. They're just like, hey, there's four Kirbys. Battle it out. Do something. I don't know. It's so wild. Kirby is so good. And uh, everybody should just uh, should just love him. Um, I'm gonna buy this. Is it a step? Huh. That's weird, but it's it's very you. 
I'm going to get my brother this for Christmas. <laughs> That's pretty good. Melissa uh, is showing me Shrek, uh, the head of Shrek on the body of just like a very classically cartoon segmented worm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's a picture. So there's Void Terminal. Uh, I don't know. So that's Void with the two eyes and mouth that are kind of traveling all over the place. Ew! But it does orient those poles, essentially, like Kirby at times during that fight. And it's it's just like, you could have been Kirby. What... Why are you doing this to he me? He doesn't this... have a bandana. <laughs> Maybe if Kirby put a bandana on him, he would become good. Maybe. There was a... Wait, his name's not Worby, is it? <laughs> you know what? It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Anyways, it's, if you like fun games and you like things that are cute, play Kirby. If you like nightmarish souls slash, like Dark Souls slash Bloodborne-esque lore that kind of has like irrelevant beginnings but very incredible endings, look up Kirby stuff. Uh, I'm going to pass it off to you because I've spoken for maybe a full half hour. Mm-hmm. What's your thing? Dinosaurs. <laughs> I can't. I I always used to try to do that noise when I was a kid when I used to sell those commercials. Yeah. And I never like I never practiced really, but like every time it was like this ain't right. Yeah. This this can't be real, but like I know people can't do that. Yeah. And it was people like, can do wild things. I don't understand. People can just decide that Kirby has the most buck wild origin story in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Mm-hmm. My thing. Yeah. <clears throat> what is it called? Top left. What was it called? Custom message cursed handsome Kirby. Cool. Uh, if you want to have a good time or possibly the worst time, look up custom message uh, cursed handsome Kirby. It's from Etsy. It is on Etsy. So you can buy it 3D printed. It's uh, it's it's pretty good. If you look that up and have listened to our episodes, you'll pretty much figure out who Melissa is as a human being. That's... Not visually. That's sort of rude. That's not entirely inaccurate. Well, I don't it, want that to be my personality. It's basically a third of your personality. That is a third of my personality? Melissa, you started off with a Western Shrek vignette. Oh, yeah? Yep. I'm gonna have to say yes. No! <laughs> no! You're not gonna have to say yes! Oh. I'm being roasted here. <laughs> yeah, and who put the, the the already lit firewood down? Melissa. I guess. Frick. Well, my thing is gonna be something completely normal. Okay. And actually cool. Okay. And that is capes. Ooh. Yeah. So, put that in your fire. No, and don't burn the cape. Don't burn the cape. Put the fire out. No. Fire doesn't have oxygen, and now I'm no longer roasted. 
Okay, I got you. I yeah, got you. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, capes are cool. I like capes a lot. If I could wear a cape every single day of my life, I would. I mean, technically I could, but it's not really... I feel like with the way you dress, you could make it socially appropriate. I used to saw somebody uh, at uh, York University who did wear a cape kind of every day. So every time I saw them, I was like, man has a cape. Um, did not look natural on them. It looked like somebody who was like, I like capes, so I'm wearing one. Versus someone, and, and that's that's okay. I'm not trying to make fun of this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but if you took the societal aspect of wearing capes and incorporated that, you would make it look amazing. Thank but you this for per- saying that. Oh, absolutely. This person was like, I like capes, so I'm going to wear them. Yeah. That's And that's not what you really want to do. Yeah. Well, I'm not, yeah, and I'm not talking about superhero capes, although superhero capes are fine. Um, I'm more talking about, like, fashion aesthetic okay yeah, capes, yeah um of all shapes and sizes um and i thought i would go a little bit into the history of capes um and where they come from yeah go for it um the first thing is that um there it's hard to trace a cape's time or place of origin okay <laughs> How, how, how far? How far? Are so we it's about? widely believed that the ancient French word cloak stems from the Latin word cloaca, which translates to cape. Cloaca? I'm sorry. The earliest recorded instance of a cape dates to 1066. We're just going to ignore what I said, though, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, and then there's another one in the 1300s. Early capes were simply round pieces of cloth that were attached to the collar, but over time they evolved to more complex styles that demanded tailoring and intricate stitching. And eventually, capes and their many iterations were used to signify rank or occupation. Hmm. Um, however, it wasn't until the Victorian era that capes became more of a fashion item, especially worn by women, and a lot of the time was like a social status thing like you had because that's a lot of material just to be flying off the back of you yeah 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 you said the 1300s it's the first picture they said was what from 1066 okay 1066 i thought i mean it it could just be historically inaccurate but i thought of like romans yeah or or were there not like designated as capes yeah i don't know I'm not sure. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um. That's a good point. Um. I don't know if that's just like a media thing. Yeah. There's a. I'm sure accurate. there's. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So capes are also worn for like other purposes, like actually rain and stuff. Like, like would it just have like a hood on it? Or... Yeah, a lot of the time. Oh, but a cape would be like a body umbrella. Yeah, yeah it's like a poncho. Hell yeah. Um, but um, in general, capes became more and more fashion and not really useful. In the 1920s, they were shaped like cocoons and worn as a companion to evening looks. Mm. By the 30s, a line between capes and coats blurred, and a hybrid was born, a more tailored silhouette featuring a collar and buttons, 
with the familiar cape elements, like slits for the arms as opposed to sleeves, and a fancy hem. Fancy? Yeah. <laughs> um... The cape fell out of fashion after that. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I mean, I guess it's true, but... That's fair. I mean, like... I don't know. Society's so weird to make those decisions. Who decided? Who said yeah. capes were bad? Like, come on. We... we Edna we... Mode. <laughs> yeah, but capes killed a lot of people. A lot of yeah. supers. So let's not, like... Let... She has her reasons. That makes sense. She does, yeah. It does make sense. But we live in Canada. As soon as as soon as snow hits the ground, your your cape should be dusting all that snow off. Like that's what that's what we should have had. Yeah. Anyway, so very complicated history. I mean, I guess the fact that it came from the Latin word is like mm. could be Roman. Um, What's up? I was just looking something up. Oh, okay. I thought I thought something was happening. I was like, oh no. Uh, not to rush you, and I know I took far too much time. Yes. I'm pretty much done. I just think that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. I just think that capes are neat, and I feel powerful in a cape. And maybe people wear capes because they feel powerful, and. That's just that. Or maybe I feel powerful because it used to be a status symbol and I associate people yeah. wearing fancy clothes with power and it makes me feel powerful. Like the best kind of royalty has always like had the, those capes. Not yeah. not like royalty in like the real sense, but like in, in, in fiction and everything like that. Yeah, capes, yeah, yeah, yeah. capes, capes, capes across the board. Thank you. Um, I guess you really like RuPaul. <laughs> 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 That's uh, a little inside joke for you. Yep. So uh, I'm. We we only have a couple minutes left, um, but I'm gonna show Melissa. So that's. So yeah. So that's what the. That's what the soul looks like. Uh, I'm showing Melissa pictures of like the uh, the void soul and whatnot. Um, the uh, the one thing that I will say is that. Kind of in relation to Gooey, the little dude. Um, he's such a goofy little goober. <laughs> he really is. The um, one of the forms. So remember that. So uh, one of the forms that the Void Soul takes. I'm, yeah. I'm back on this again. He has those like tentacle things, those little orb it things. Looks like a sun. Yeah, um, a little bit more like rounded off. I'm gonna see if I can look up. Gooey uh, from Kirby. Uh, <laughs> Gooey is a friendly piece of the villainous dark matter. It's just, it's so ridiculous. Uh, it's just the friendly chunk. Yeah, he's so good. It's just a chunk chunk of it, but he's nice. But yeah, when he flies. That's what he looks like. He just has those kind of protruding. Because he is void. He's dark matter. That it's just so wild. It's just it's just so I good. I don't know if I like but It kind of freaks me out. But that's just that's just it's it's not so bad. He's just like dopey. I don't like him. He's just dopey. His eyes are always going off in two different directions. In like a very endearing way. It's not like to make fun of anything. It's just like, yeah, he's just he's 
He's not paying attention. He he like walks around with his tongue. It's great. He looks like the girl from Willy Wonka. What are you talking about, Melissa? When she eats the blueberry. Oh. <laughs> How? Mm. You mean it's the same color? Because I'll give you that. Otherwise, there is no visual relation. Yeah. And she becomes a giant sphere. With a with a the giant with a giant tongue in her eyes going different the Same shape, the same color. There's lots of things that are the same. <laughs> More than one, at least. Okay, there's at least two things that are the same. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's real good. It's real good. Um, everybody should play Kirby. I'm gonna end off with that. I guess we have a couple more minutes, but. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you uh, enjoyed my Kirby talk. And I hope you have a cape. Yeah, you should go get a cape. That's always fun to do. Uh, thanks to everybody at Trent Radio. Thanks to uh, Matt Campbell uh, for the background music and all the things that you do. Uh, but yeah. We will see everybody. We'll see everybody next week. Hopefully, we missed last week, and I can't remember. Oh yeah, we were. I was just dying. I only. I feel like I only recovered this this week, and this is playing on Monday, but we're recording on Thursdays, usually Wednesday, Thursday. So like this week, like this past Monday, I woke up and I was like, "Oh, I'm back. I I can breathe again." <laughs> it was a long time before I felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, hopefully we have more concurrent episodes. Uh, I know I got like one more week of school and then I have like professional development week and then I have placement for like I think six weeks or four weeks or something. And then it's Christmas. So hopefully we can keep up with this. Your your schedule doesn't get more complicated, right? That's less complicated. Even more, yeah, even more so. Yeah, we'll only teach one class in November. Oh, and, and then so. that's your, uh, is that your prep? Yeah. Nice. Gosh. I, I, I'm so upset that, so, uh, my associate teacher, uh, their prep was in the first quad. And I'm coming in for the second quad. So I just get back-to-back grade 10 science. And uh, the best part. It's kind of nice though. It is. Honestly, sitting there for prep for you would be really boring. Like that's fair. And you'd have to go do prep coverage in a different class. Oh well, I was doing that. It was fine. I was just like watching other people, and I was like making faces at students. They'd be like, either like, "What are you doing?" or like, (laughs) "Nice." But yeah. Uh, the, the good thing is, is that it's the same grade 10 biology, uh, yeah, uh, no, grade 10 science class. So, like, I start off, I basically get a trial run for whatever physics I'm teaching, because I'm doing optics. Uh, and then I get, like, a solid second try. <laughs> so, we'll see how that goes. Hell yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next week. Enjoy. Please get a cape. It's getting cold out. Bye. <laughs> Bye.